Good morning. I just had two weird experiences. So I was just walking down from from the house, and there's this little uh, this little path I have to go down that kind of wraps around the road. It's quite narrow. It's like there's overgrowth. There's bushes and twigs and stuff like. Uh, growing out onto the path, right? So it's, it's a little bit difficult for two people to pass on it. So anyway, just before I got to it, this guy is walking towards me. And I'm always like, say good morning, or smile, whatever, you know. Just to be friendly, like that's just my default. So anyways, this guy's walking past me. He kind of like looks up, I just smile, and then he looks down like in shame or something. And then I get, got onto the corner section where it's like really narrow. And I can see this woman walking. So I slow down and move to the side so she can get past. And as she's approaching me, I'm, I just look and I smile because she's, she keeps looking at me, right? So I'm looking, I smile. <laughs> and then as she goes past, there's like no expression, but she's still staring. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just so weird. But I mean, everyone is different. So, not everyone's going to get that. Not everyone's going to respond the same. But the guy, the guy that looked down, I kind of remember that. I remember doing that. Especially... Especially like working in London. Because there's so many people around. Everyone tends to just look down. Because they don't want to make eye contact. I think it's because there'd be too many... Too many interactions saying hello or smiling or not wanting to look at anyone so it's easier to look down so I think that's kind of what that guy did it's almost like it was a learned reaction he didn't want to interact it's weird I Like, I mean, I've done that before. And it is partly what I just explained. But almost like conserving your energy.
because if you said hi to everyone that you passed in London you'd probably be knackered you'd be tired by the time you got to work so maybe that's why that guy just didn't want to interact I think that's what it was kind of just put your head down it's like don't want to interact maybe it was the same with the the woman as well she just kept the same expression maybe that was don't want to interact it's just weird when you when you observe it when you are observant of it because I'm sure on different days maybe a different reaction or there may be an interaction because there might there might just be something that they're feeling today that they just don't want to just don't want to interact don't want to be bothered So anyway, I'd been looking at, fuck, what was it? Been looking at the examples that I was given yesterday about proof that there is balance in everything specifically with the money system you know where people can afford to buy houses so they don't require any welfare or benefit but there's also people that can't afford to buy houses who do require welfare and benefit and saying that if those conditions and states didn't exist there'd be no need for that department because the department exists because the state exists the state that people can't afford to buy a house or rent a house and that could be considered a man-made thing but it's subject to the same condition it's subject to the same same packaging it can't be that everyone can afford to buy a house. Because that would be a polarised state, that would be unbalanced. Everything has to be in a balanced state. Which means that there have to be people that can't afford to buy a house. The only way in which that would be rectified would be if people built their own houses. But then that would come down to the skill of the person, whether the person was capable of doing that, whether they were capable of building a house. And then it would come down to the person, or rather the people that are really good at building houses, first those who are not very good at building houses. 
and so you've got the really good houses that are waterproof, windproof, keep warm, keep cool, all that stuff. And then you've got the houses that aren't very good, that don't do any of that, that don't stay warm, that don't stay cool, that leak, that maybe fall apart, decay quicker. And yesterday I, I tried to avoid I tried to avoid watching any more content because I saw one video uh, Jordan Peterson interviewing Pearson or Peelson. Basically, it was this guy talking about Schrodinger's equation. And... He seemed to have difficulty in rectifying some of it. Because he was thinking, you could see... He was actively trying to think... Of the... Of the thing that he thinks... Of the thing that he ought to know. He was trying to think of it. But if it was that easy to think about it, there wouldn't be any questions. There wouldn't be any doubts, right? But... Why wouldn't things just be known? Because if people are thinking in order to know things, it must also be possible to not think and to know things. Or to not think and to not know things. And also to think and not know things. So... possibilities that's that's the key to the key to understanding the physical world is to take away the complexity because the complexity is just layers added onto layers. And how do you know the thing that it's built upon is entirely accurate? It could just be one side. It could be one side of the equation. When in order for it to be a solid foundation, you need to have both sides or all four sides or all six sides however however big the possibilities are so for knowledge to only be something that you can taught 
can be taught is not correct. Sorry, it is correct, but it's not correct. Because knowledge is something that you don't have to be taught. But for some, knowledge is something that you have to be taught. But to say that the knowledge that you're taught is the complete knowledge is not correct. But it is also correct. (laughs) Do you see how this is? Because everything has to be possible. Everything has to be possible before it's observed. And everything has to be possible after it's observed. Because uh, there's a question that there's a question that this Pearson or Pearson guy was asked about the observer. Whether the observer had any effect on the state. And I agreed with him because he said no. Because it's not the observer that is changing, manifesting or doing anything that could be considered magic. It's not changing anything. All the observer is doing is tuning into a particular frequency. Let's say we use it like a radio station. They're tuning into a particular frequency. And seeing whatever state is on that frequency. So, not everyone is going to see the same thing. That's why people think the observer may be the one that's changing things. All the observer is doing is observing. But, you could say that the observer is changing the output. But the observer is also not changing the output. Because you could take a different perspective. Two people could be observing the same thing. And you could both see something different. And you could posit that what you're seeing is accurate. What they're seeing is not accurate. So then you get two more people that come in. Maybe they have two different, two completely different views or states or perspectives again to get two more people maybe they agree with the first two and it could just continue like that you could just keep adding people And eventually the number of states will be known because the people that come in will more than likely be agreeing or disagreeing with an existing state or view. So you'll have all your known states known. And they'll also be your unknown states. So that any new observer coming in 
you could say that it's going to be one of these unknown states. But those unknown states are now also known states because you've got observers that have come in and validated it through their observation. And that will prove that the observer is not changing anything. Because if the observer was able to change the state, you wouldn't have a finite list of known or unknown states. Somebody might have a different opinion. They might confuse that with state. But opinion is just uh, interpretation. It's uh, almost like trying to rationalize what you've seen or what you observed. Okay, so that's kind of the the state side of things. In terms of the observer can't manipulate the outcome they can't physically change the thing they can just perceive, perceive or observe a different expression of it and those different expressions can be known by increasing your number of observers and noting down the perception, their observation and that will give you a list of known states like 52 states <laughs> um, okay so that was the last thing that I watched Prior to that, I watched a video about quantum locking. And all it really is, is an experiment that looks cool because you can take something, make it into a superconductor and make it levitate on magnets. But all it's really doing is showing the properties of a superconductor and magnets. And the way that that was achieved was through changing the conditions. By reducing something down to a temperature of minus 196 or something. In order to make it super, uh, superconductor. You just change the condition of the thing. 
and it takes on that state. That state already exists. You just discover. You've just uh, been able to observe it because you've reduced the temperature. You've you've changed the conditions that it's in. That's all that's happened. It's not a discovery of something new. It's it's just finding a state that already existed. It's just now you're able to observe it because you've got a way of adapting that thing to be in that state. You've dipped it in liquid nitrogen which has made it very cold and then it's given you the ability to to observe a different state meaning it's not going to act in the same way that it would have acted in its other state, its non-superconductive state. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have conducted this experiment, but they they use all the scientific terms to describe it: temperature and resist, electrical resistance. And they have a graph that electrical, electrical resistance is reduced to zero when the temperature is reduced, as the temperature is reduced past zero. And it's like It, it just seems like a convoluted way to explain something. But I guess that is... That is the language that people speak. Some people speak in math, uh, algebraic equations and and all that. Some people speak in computer programming languages. But fundamentally, they all mean the same thing. They're all just a language built on top of... numbers. Things that you know. Somebody has to be taught to... Oh, well, this is just my opinion. I, I don't think or speak in equations. I don't... think or speak in computer programming languages. I can write and understand programming languages. And I could probably 
decipher equations. But I don't speak in them. Because it's easier for me to put it in simple terms that anyone could understand. Oh, I think the use of like closed language, which is what equations are, only so only some people can understand them if they've been taught or they are interested in in that kind of stuff that they would use it. But when they're speaking to an audience that is maybe bigger than the group of people that speak that particular language I think it would be easier to speak in simple terms that everyone can understand but then that's just me that's my that's my opinion it's not my it's not going to be the same for everyone because everyone is different everyone has their own way of expressing themselves so I guess it doesn't really matter how they get to the end goal how they get to the explanation or the the thing It's just the, uh, just the fact that they get there, right? But it may just be, the process is slightly longer for people to get on board with it. Because it takes more time to maybe explain to a general audience that may not understand, uh, the equations and things like that. So, so I stopped watching. I was like, this is, I felt it was a waste of time to continue searching for just anything. So I stopped. And then I just kind of sat kind of just let things flow and pick up by themselves I'm just going to say the iPhone is really bad for recording audio because the screen locks itself so say if you want to see the time and you have to uh, swipe down from the top after you do that, you have to unlock the phone to get back to the recording screen. Anyway. <laughs> so. 
I kind of just sat down and uh, I was thinking about the different polarities that we experience the sun and the moon the sun is typically perceived as being hot ultraviolet the moon is typically seen as cold which on a spectrum would be something like radio waves very long slow kind of peaking and troughing so it's carrying energy but it's not carrying as much energy as UV so you've got two polarities there and those polarities manifest in different ways or manif they show you different states so during the day you get sunlight or rather you get daylight you get white light at night time that white light goes and you have the cold light of the moon and you have darkness imagine if street lights didn't exist imagine if lights didn't exist it would be a much darker place now when you think about white light white light has a spectrum of its own visible light um, specifically from violet to red with green somewhere in the middle Um, so white light contains all visible light and white light also reflects because it contains all light it reflects all light back uh, black is the opposite black absorbs all light so that's why if you wore a black t-shirt on a hot day, your t-shirt would get hot. You would feel hotter. Whereas if you wore a white t-shirt, you may not feel as hot because the light would be reflected. The ultraviolet must be reflected so the ultraviolet must be huh never, never thought about that before because the ultraviolet must be what contains the, or what makes, a, makes you makes you burn, makes your skin burn but it also must be what makes you hot
or maybe the maybe the whole t-shirt thing is a myth but I definitely know that if you have black curtains or a black blind it does get very hot in direct sunlight so it must have some interaction with UV That's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like the inverse. The color black would absorb all the visible color, the white light, and the UV. which is the opposite of the state of the moon, right? Because the moon is cold. Cold light. It's not ultraviolet. And especially as you can get a full moon, uh, sorry, a new moon, which is a completely blacked out moon. So what does that symbolize? It's absorbing all the energy. It's absorbing all the all the light, all the white light. So you've got got the moon which is cold which is which brings darkness you got the sun that brings the light brings white light brings all visible light but they can coexist at the same time can't they because you can see the moon during the day, depending on its position. So what does that say? That you've got the, the warmth, the heat, the visible light of the sun. And you've got the almost pulling away of the visible light, of the white light. And the... the coldness of the sun, uh, of the moon, sorry. So what exactly does that mean? Now, the sun can be in two different states, right? It can be cold and it can be hot. Depending on the conditions around you. So typically in, in summer, 
the uh, sun feels hot, feels warm. But in winter, the sun feels cold. You, or you don't, you don't really feel the, the heat of the sun. So you can experience those two states. But it also must be the same with the moon. And I think that's when you, when you see it during the day, you're not feeling the coldness of the moon anymore. Because the... The moon isn't giving off a cold light. It's, uh, it's almost a reflection of the sun. Maybe that's all the moon is. It's a reflection of the sun. It reflects the... Uh, the colder aspects of it. The darker aspects of the sun. Because... If all white light, if all visible light is white light... And that's reflected... So is the sun just a reflector? Because it's not absorbing the white light, is it? It's reflecting it. And white light is absorbed by by the color black. So what's what is reabsorbing the, the light? Is it the moon? Does the moon reabsorb it? Is that why you got the phases of the moon? You have phased power supply, don't you? Phased uh, electricity. And you got phases of the moon. You've got the... Um, the phase in which the moon goes completely dark. And is that at the point when all the energy is reabsorbed? And then that's reflected back out by the sun. Because there's another thing that, that does that as well, isn't there? A black hole. Now I know they say they've taken pictures of black holes but it's a computer it's basically data that's been plotted that's then been used to visualise that data but the, the properties that they theorise of a black hole 
that it has an event horizon which is like uh <laughs> is that a fulcrum point a middle point the point between the two extremes the uh equilibrium isn't that what those isn't that what that movie was called equilibrium it was not to do with black holes falling into a black hole but it is the point between two extremes which is the middle which is the balance which is what we consider the balance but everything is theorized that everything that falls into a black hole can't escape it's just describing darkness or the color black nothing escapes it because it doesn't reflect it doesn't reflect any visible light it doesn't reflect any light it absorbs so is it like a capacitor is it storing that energy for some way to disperse it to reflect it So so you could say that the colour black contains no visible colour, but it also contains all visible colour by virtue that it absorbs all colour. And you could say that the the colour white contains no colour, but also contains all color because when you look at the color white you describe it as white you wouldn't describe it as containing blue and green and red and violet and purple it's only when you can see the constituent colors that someone would describe it as such but when you look at something that is white it contains all colors And it's the same with the colour black. It contains all colours. By virtue, it absorbs all colours. So it has to contain all colours. So you could... You could say that... The colour white represents the existence, the physicality. And the colour black represents the unknown. I drew a, um, I drew a little diagram last night. So on the left hand side, I put a, a line, just a small vertical line. I put the letter B underneath to represent bad. And on the right hand side, I put another little line, the same height. Underneath it, I put the letter G for good. So I was like, okay, so let's say you live the first sort of 30 years of your life doing good. 
So you take your pen underneath the B, uh, sorry, where the B is, at the bottom of the line and you connect it up to the top of the, the line and the G. And then in the second part of your life, you, um, you, you've only, you're, you're still in the, on the side of the G, right? And you've already hit the top point. So from the bottom point of the, of the G line, connect it to the top of the B line. So what that represents is a balance. It looks like a bow tie. And you got a middle point, point between the two extremes. And when you look at it, it looks like two projectors, one projecting forward, one projecting back. And it kind of is future-proving past kind of thing. Because, or past-proving future. Because, say you do bad when you're younger. In your first 30 years, you've, let's say you got a lot of debt because you've done a lot of bad things. Typically, you'd feel bad and you'd want to change your ways and do good. That's then reflecting on your future because you've done bad, you have to now do good in order to balance. I'd be the same if it was the other way around. If it was that you lived the first 30 years of your life doing only good, you may get to 30 and be like, fuck it, I'm wasting my life. You know, I've been good to all these people. And what I'm talking about is like polar opposites, obviously. So you're literally going from good to bad, bad to good. Now you could look at this over a period of 30 years, or you could look at it over the period of days. It's the same, it's the same thing, it's just different scale, it's different conditions. Now you could say over 30 years that generally you've been good or bad. But that doesn't mean on a daily basis it's the same kind of thing because your conditions will change there may be some days where you have to be good to people so whilst you might think overall you've been a bad person it may just be the things that you've done are bad you know like if you're robbing people but that doesn't mean on a daily basis you're not a good person because you may help people out you may give away some of your money you may look after people So it's like the Russian dolls. You can go down through the layers. Going down through the layers would be like uh, a microscope. So you've got the, the outer shell, which is your 30 years. You're saying I've done bad for 30 years. Then you take a shell off and you get down to like a year, a day, an hour. But they represent different attributes of you as a person. Because you may say that the things that you do, if you're robbing people, that is typically considered a bad thing. 
but you help people you give people money or food that would be seen as a good thing so in each shell it could be a different state you know what I mean but let's say overall if you considered it bad then for the next 30 years or however long you need to do good in order to provide balance now that's like working to two extremes what if you could just stay in that that bit in the middle if you drew a line through it kind of looks like there's nothing being projected it's kind of like you're stuck in the middle of your your past and your present or your your past and your future that could be seen as the the point where all light emanates from that could be the darkness where the light is emanating from the unknown But that's just that's just my opinion of a a small diagram I drew to represent um, a scale of balance. I mean, it all seems too easy when you think about it. That if if that's all it is, if it all is just all about maintaining balance, what is the purpose of doing that? Is it just for longevity? Is it just to continue this physical existence in a balanced and kind of controlled way? Like, what is the purpose of all of this? Because I've been speaking about that this is how I see it is, that balance is governing everything. It could just be governing the physical. Actually, no, that's that's not correct. Uh, an unknown state a quantum state a quantum a thing that is yet unknown has all possibility that's something that doesn't exist in visible light yet that's something in the unknown so balance does appear to be everywhere it does appear to be in the unknown and in the known and all things appear to be governed by it. And if things are not balanced, then the rate of decay would be increased exponentially. 
it would have to be Okay, I think I think that's about enough for now. See, so yeah, I think the sun and the moon and the visible and the invis and not visible or rather the visible light so that's another thing right you can see light but you you can also not see light now light is a spectrum it must be the same thing it's just subject to different conditions The light that you can see is called visible light. Um, and it occurs at a particular frequency that you can, that your body is attuned to, that the conditions are right, it can see light, it can see visible light. But it's part of the same thing, it's part of light. So everything on the light spectrum is light. Whether you can see it is dependent on the conditions. So could you see gamma rays? Under certain conditions you should be able to see gamma rays. But under certain conditions you should not be able to see gamma rays. You can't see gamma rays right now, can you? Because the conditions are not are not right. You're you need to adapt your conditions to be able to see it. And they are regarded as visible and invisible. But visible light can be invisible as well, can't it? Close your eyes. You just change the conditions to know that you can't see visible light. Alright, so I think that's it. Um... Yeah. Okay, have a good day.